This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Hell of a week for Gabriel Luna. First, he was fired from a job he hated. Then he discovered his mean bastard of a father gave him bone cancer. Driving a dump truck on San Miguel Pueblo did not pay well, but it did pay. Gabe was helping to build Santa Fe's first major airport, and, although the dust gave him headaches and he hated the hours and the heat, he occasionally felt something close to pride in the work. Then a bulldozer dug up a skeleton where there was not supposed to be a skeleton and the whole site went to shit. A man with shiny shoes climbed onto the bed of a truck and, with shaking hands clasped in front of his mouth, sent everyone home. Gabe and the other laborers were given vague corporate assurances that the site would reopen after a swift investigation into the origin of the artifacts. He wasn't holding his breath. Holding his breath might be better than letting the bone cancer tunnel through his body. The same cancer had worn his father down to nothing but pain and sweat. Gabe would not go out that way. The diagnosis came from Shaman Jeff, whom Gabe called Hefe. Wearing his customary blue Halliburton cap and smoking a cigarette, Hefe had said, yep, that's cancer, to the core. Can damn near see it dripping from your nose. Gabe imagined his dying old man spitting bone cancer cells like pollen spores, special delivery aimed right at the son who was never there. Granted, no actual doctor had diagnosed him. Jeff's diagnosis came after poking a few lymph nodes and lighting a candle. But in 15 years, he had never steered Gabe wrong. The cancer was chewing on Gabe's bones. That was for sure. At night, Albuquerque looked like any other city. Highways and strip malls. Like Phoenix, but with more potholes. At the edge of town, the highway went dark, and traffic dripped to a trickle. To the left, Charles saw scattered lights. To his right, nothing but stunted, bristly trees among the dirt and rocks. He cupped his hands around his eyes and held his face to the glass. No moon, no houses, no small towns in the distance, no cars on country roads. Nothing past the knotted, three-foot-tall imitations of trees on the shoulder. It was like riding in a saddlebag. Charles smiled. Twenty minutes in New Mexico, and he was already thinking like a cowboy. Where are we? he asked. Malin made no indication he had heard, so Charles asked again. Between Albuquerque and Santa Fe, Malin mumbled. It'll take an hour. No, but where are we? What's around us? There's nothing here. To the left is tribal land. To the right is a mountain. Charles looked again. High above the car were a dozen evenly spaced tiny red dots. He shifted, but the lights stayed in place. Radio or cell towers, he figured. The blackness took on a new shape. Not empty desert, but a thousand feet of solid rock. He tugged at his seatbelt. I didn't think the drive would be so long. On her way home, Olivia stopped at a gas station with a view of sloping bare valleys. When she slammed her door, a sound came from the engine block. A clunking piece of metal had fallen from somewhere under the hood and landed with a crunch on the concrete. She reached under the car and grabbed a black box, not much bigger than a book of matches. The metal was still warm. Wire snaked out of the top. There was a red LED and a little switch. She flipped the switch, but the LED stayed dark. Olivia opened the hood. When she was a kid, back before everything was sealed inside little computers, she had worked on cars with her uncle. But this engine looked impenetrable like it could navigate the ocean floor. She poked around the edges of the engine block, but the designers had hidden everything away, compartmentalizing and layering the parts. 
A man in a work coverall came out of the gas station. Olivia felt his condescension before he said a word. Everything all right there, ma'am? She didn't look up from the engine. Everything is just dandy. You out of gas? Olivia glanced up. Out of gas? It happens. Some ladies find themselves pushing that tank a little too far. And I'm sure you come to their rescue. You'd be surprised. Olivia turned and locked eyes with the man long enough for him to fake a cough and turn away. He pulled out a flashlight. So, can I do something? She held out the black box. This fell out. Maybe an airbag sensor? I'm just wondering where it goes. Must be a government vehicle, huh? Olivia looked back up at the man. What, with a little tracking device, he said? GPS. Olivia gripped the black box and forced a smile. Could you help me reconnect this? 